Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey, it's Mike from the LaughSpin podcast. Just wanted to quickly intro this interview that I had with Jim Jeffries, stand-up extraordinaire. Uh, we got a chance to talk a little bit about his New show coming on FX, January 17th. Also, he's going back on tour starting in February. And uh, we talked a little bit about him being a new dad and all kinds of other stuff. So, enjoy. So, you, uh, you what, are you just finishing up shooting for today? Uh, finishing up uh, shooting the second last episode. And uh, then we have a break. We, don't, we, we film the last episode in January. Oh, excellent. Yeah. The show's coming out in January. This is uh, this is this has got to be big for you, man. This is got to be huge, right? Well, we, you know, I, I've I've had things happen before where I thought they'd be huge and they weren't as big as I thought. You know, we, I don't know if people are going to watch it. All, all I know is it, it's a show. I'm proud of it. I've watched it, I've watched the episodes and I think I think they're good. So I'm, I'm not I'm not giving out a product that I'm, I'm I'm cringing about or worried about people seeing. I hope people do see it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've been very excited to first of all talk to you because I'm a big fan and and also excited for the show because. FX has just kind of been on a roll with their comedies and their choices for giving comedians a shot at putting something together of their own mind. But the big thing is FX has been kind of tight-lipped about what the show's about. Can you tell us anything about it? I can tell you exactly what the show's about. Um, the problem is the show doesn't translate very well into advertising where you could go, oh, right, and you could see it from there. Basically, if, if, if you followed my stand-up, you'll recognize most of the stories that are directly from my stand-up, you know. It's the first episode, yeah. me taking my friend with my foot, there should be to a brothel, and then we got the airplane armrest story from Fully Functional, we got the, the South African bathroom story, and the girl being threatened to be raped in the car, and they're all there, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's basically... Uh, it's sort of uh, me when I just got to America. I've got a couple of friends that I live with that are based on actual people from my life in Australia. And we've got DJ Qualls plays the character of Muscular Dystrophy. And he was only meant to be in the pilot episodes, but he tested so well, everyone loves him so much that we, we worked him into the other episodes. So now it's basically my story with a guy with muscular dystrophy. is <laughs> 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 the best way to describe what's happened to the show. That's that story in itself is is probably one of your most famous. I mean, yeah, you know, watching your watching your comedy acts that is that is in essence. I yeah, alcoholic cost. I, I was so impressed with only because it was an hour long special and you told maybe three stories and that was an hour. Yeah, and it was and that was it. And it was ama- it was amazing to me because because it it felt like it flew by. It felt like it was like fifteen minutes. Yeah, well, half half the show was one story. Yeah. It's, uh, it was very hard to, to edit how it got. There is a DVD version of it that's 20 minutes longer. Um, wow. With all the incidents. The DVDs are, yeah, a lot longer, but uh, the, the special had to be edited down to an hour. As I said, it was basically three stories. How is it possible that you made somebody <laughs> with muscular dystrophy test well <laughs> enough to bring back? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. The, the cool thing about DJ Qualls is he already looks disabled, but he's, he's fully able. It's uh, it's weird. So we were filming on Venice Beach the other day, and, and he just gets so used to his wheelchair that, like, even when it's not filming, he'll just use that to get from scene to scene rather than make someone else push it, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and uh, just a lot of people have seen DJ and Hustle and Flow and Road Trip just coming up, just like, oh, hey, man, can I have a photo? He just takes photos in his wheelchair. I don't think uh, no one ever asked, oh, shit, when did you end up in a wheelchair? <laughs> <laughs> 
the one thing you were talking about is that a, a lot of your stories have made their way into the show and um you know, it was really interesting about that, and especially a lot of comedians that tell tell a lot of really great stories. Is that they never seem to have to be crafted. They never seem to have to be be worked on in order to get you know get the laughs when you want them to. But I, I guarantee that's probably a, a way different uh, scenario. Correct? Um, they get they get expanded. I, I I always say that people always say to me they go uh, they go how do all these things happen to you? Right? I, I I don't think they do happen to me. I think I have the same life that everyone else has, but I think the difference between a, a good storytelling comedian and just one of your mates in a bar is that uh, I, don't, I don't finish stories where you have to be there. Right. You know what I mean? Because everyone else goes, oh, I have, you have to be there. Everyone's got these things that they think are amazing stories, but they just can't express it just right, mm-hmm. you know? And so, obviously, sometimes the stand-up's a little bit more funny than acting it out in certain parts, and in other parts, it's good to see the visual and... Uh, See, I, I like the fact that my stand-up can be put straight into a TV show. And you want something else like Everyone Loves Raymond or, or say, what was the one, uh, the Tim Allen one where he's a tall man. Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Yeah. Right? They always started off those shows with based on the stand-up of... And, you know, Everyone Loves Raymond is only based on his stand-up in the extent that the guy was married and had twins. Right. <laughs> you know, they, he was a family man, he told some jokes about having twins, but none of the episodes were based on his stand-up. None of the storylines were based on his stand-up. They all wrote within that world, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, and and same with Tim and the Tool Man. He, he didn't do episode episodes about, oh, you know, I'm my three boys and my wife, and I go, he, he never did any of that. It was, just, it was just a nice way of saying that the person created the show rather than whatever. But this, we don't put that at the beginning of our show, but this is genuinely based directly on my stand-up. Wow. So now with the show, what happens as far as when the stories run out? I mean, are you, or or, or are they? Well, the, the thing is, there's probably six episodes that are directly from my stand-up, and there's maybe three episodes that are just stories that I used to tell my friends, you know, like, this happened to me, that happened, that were never really that... I, I, for one reason or another, I never put him into stand-up, you know? Okay, I got you. And, you know, we'd just sit around the room for ages, and i go, all right, what about this story, what about that story? And we'd go through all of them, and then we'd expand them. And then there's maybe four episodes that once we got into that world, we could write, we could just make up stories, you know? Oh, okay. And, and um, so there's obviously some episodes that are just made up from scratch, you know? Yeah. But I'm not super worried about running them out. I'm not at least for season one and two. <laughs> We, I've, I've, there's, there's a few episodes that we 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 pitched to them that we couldn't get through for budgetary reasons. Mm-hmm. But I think if the show's popular, we can definitely make those episodes. You know, like like me being in a helicopter in in Afghanistan and the guy gets shot on the ground while we're in the. You know what I mean? Like that would have been oh. a really cool episode. Yeah. We couldn't do that. I think for a couple of reasons, it's expensive. Plus, Louis had just done an episode in Afghanistan. And right, right. We're, 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 of course, we're very conscious of being compared to, to Louis because I, I look, I personally think if, without the Louis show, they, I, I don't think they would have made my show. I think um, FX were very open to the idea of doing another show involving a comedian. That's interesting that you mentioned that just because, you know, Louis kind of broke down a lot of barriers for certain comedians of his ilk to get shots with FX. And, and he's been very vocal about how hands off 
FX has been as, as far as censorship. Have you kind of got that same feeling from them? Well, I, I've been, to, I've sold a few scripts in my day and this has been the best experience I've had. Um, I do get notes calls and I do get, um, you know, I, I, I wrote the show with another person as well. And hold on, hold on, someone's not. Christmas, my Christmas card from work for the Christmas present that I bought everyone. Oh, that's great. So this, this is the thing. We donated money to muscular dystrophy instead of giving everyone a present. Oh. We made a donation every other day. We just think that uh, if the shit don't hit the fan, we've always got that to back us up, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure, I'll make sure I throw that in the story, too, so you can throw that in the byline. <laughs> <laughs> um... But uh, Louis, Louis's got, from what I can tell, and then don't, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure of this, but, but basically, Louis makes it, hands it to him, and they air it. And I don't have uh, that level of trust from the network, I'd say, mm-hmm. but I, I do have. I'm also, I'm not fucking Louis C.K. I yeah, haven't had right. other sitcoms and been in movies and being widely regarded as one of the greatest living comedians. You know, there's. People who think I'm a very good comedian, but it's not like a unanimous opinion. Right, right, right. You know, so so for, for them to have trust in me, and, you know, when I pitched the show, I just went in and told them three storylines. We didn't have anything written on paper or anything. And they, they said in the office, let's make it. Wow. You know, make the pilot at least. And that, I'll tell you, that doesn't happen much in Hollywood. Yeah, and, and you, you know, you said this has the, been the best experience. It just seems that the guys at the top there, and, and this is just from an outsider, from a viewer looking in, it just seems that the guys at the top there really have a better idea or understanding about what's funny. Well, John Langraff, who's the head of FX, um, he's the only head of a network that that I've experienced where I, I can personally call him up yeah. you know, and talk. Normally, there's there's three or four people underneath the guy that you can get to, and then you'll hear things that such and such thinks you're doing a good job or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I got a worry or something, I, I can call him directly. I think I think uh, I think he was the first name that Louis thanked when he won his Emmy. Yeah, yeah. So so he's uh, he's been great. He's been great, and you know he, he obviously has his opinion on our show or whatever, you know. But uh, all in all. We'll, we'll, our notes calls uh, normally like, hey, maybe that edit can be a bit quick, or um, we feel like you've used that joke too many times. It's it's never been, don't do that joke, or um, are you sure that joke couldn't be phased better? I get you. Which that that's what drives comedians insane. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that I'm being told by an executive that my joke's not funny. <laughs> it's always like we have a feeling that 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 this scene maybe goes a little long. You know, I mean, and that comes down to anything. And I haven't fucking made TV shows, so I listen to them when they talk. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't get, I don't get the notes and go, no, no, this is important, like that. You know, for for the most part, I I, I sort of when they when they tell me something, I, I um, for the most part, I agree with them. So it, it sounds like it's been more logistical criticism than um than creative criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we we turned in for the thirteen episodes, we turned in I think fifteen scripts, and the theory was that we'd give them a couple to to side, you know, sort of the cushion, so that we we didn't have to go. Oh, we hate this episode and have to rush one through. You know, yeah. We gave them fifteen scripts, and they said, oh, we only like these two, and then we went perfect. You know, off we go. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, those two we can still improve on, or maybe if we had a bit more time, we could think about. But uh, 
because it's just me and Peter O'Fallon who, who did everything really. We had to because Peter's directing every single episode. Oh wow! So normally, normally you've got the other writers off doing things on the scripts while while I'd be off acting, and we'd have a different director every second episode. But uh, we had to have everything fully written and in, in long form before we uh, before we got on the first day. You know? Yeah. And and you know, I got Peter's been doing that and doing the editing on the weekend and. I started trying to help with the editing, uh, but I can't watch. I don't know how Louis does it. I can't watch every single bit of footage I film during the day. I just let them show me my best work, and then and then I'll go, and then I'll go. All right, and then I watch. I watch the, the the edit before they give it to the network, and then I go. All right, I hate this scene. Or I like that scene. So I would never be so audacious as to put my name on the editing credits on the show. Let's put it that way. Gotcha, gotcha. Now I, I want to ask you, if if I may, a little bit about your uh, your personal life. I know uh, you recently become a father, so congratulations on that. Definitely. Yes, yes, I have. I've become a dad. Yeah, I'm a six week old Hank. Hank Lennon Jeffries. His name is Hank Lennon Jeffries. So Lennon after uh, yeah. after John Lennon. I'm, I'm assuming. After John Lennon, yeah, he's not the communist leader. <laughs> and speaking of the Beatles, your your Paul McCartney story, the time you met Paul McCartney, is probably one of my favorite yep. stories of all time. <laughs> oh, right. I haven't even told that a few times. Where did you hear that? Uh, I think you were on O&A and you told that story. Yeah, right. I, I, I've been trying for years to work that into a... Well, I say years. It only happened about 18 months ago, maybe two years ago. I've been trying to work that in on stage. I've told it about five times on stage, and it's just now getting to the stage where it's it's an obscure story because the references to Neil Finn, uh-huh. you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like I'm trying to tell everyone how impressed I am by meeting Neil Finn, and no one knows who Neil Finn is, and then it's, you know, there's thoughts to me that maybe I should just change Neil Finn's name, and I thought maybe then the story wouldn't seem so real. We actually wanted, that was one of the episodes that we chucked out because it was just, it was like, if we can't get Paul McCartney, the story doesn't work. Right. You know, like the people, like the casting people were saying, well, maybe we can get to Steve Tyler. <laughs> and I was going, it's, uh, you know, I know that's a big star. I get that. But it has to be the biggest star. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's the only way the story works. No one else sort of, oh, we'll get you Neil Diamond. No, no, that's still not quite there. And it feels it feels weird when you start saying that Steve Tyler isn't big enough for your show. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and it, it was just like uh, the only way I, I, was, I was going. The only other person I'll settle for is Ringo, and even then, I'm not quite happy about it. <laughs> right, <laughs> Ringo, Ringo. He does, he's not doing anything. He'll come over. Sure, why not? <laughs> he was the best actor out of the four. Yeah, we all. Yeah, True. He was the best actor Ringo Starr. He took over for Carlin on uh, Shiny Shiny Time Station or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> Thomas Thomas the Tank Engine, and he was uh, <laughs> he was uh, he was in Caveman, and he was in a Peter Sellers movie. Oh, he was a good actor, Ringo Starr. He was all right. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Okay. So with your kid, I know along with that, you you stopped drinking for eight months. Was that with the kid? Was that at the same time as the kid was born? No, no, no. I started I started drinking again before the kid was born. I, I think the kid was conceived on when I was in mushrooms. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm nowhere. I'm pretty sure he was, but I'm nowhere near how I used to drink. And obviously, with the child being here and doing a TV show, I haven't had a drink, drink like a drunken night for 
I'd say four months. Really? It was it was getting out of hand. I had a few tragedies in my life uh, maybe two years ago, or maybe, mm. maybe three years ago. Um, a suicide of a person who was very close to me, and uh, I I spiraled pretty bad for a while there. And you know, even during filming Alcoholicost, I got I got so wasted after we filmed Alcoholicost that I blacked out and forgot the night. And so, if you listen to the audio commentary on the DVD, there are moments when I'm going, huh, I don't remember saying that, you know, like just <laughs> like genuinely didn't, you know. And then I, I, I had a medical scare, and I sort of cleaned it up for a bit. And then I, I think, and this might sound like the words of an alcoholic, but I don't think I'm an alcoholic. I think I, think I just lost my way for a long time. And, and now I think to be having a pretty good handle of things. I can have a couple of beers there, I can have a couple of beers there. Do you think having a kid maybe changed that in you a little bit? Um, well, it's only been six weeks, and um, I, I think I've been, I've had one sort of night where I drank over four or five drinks in that whole six weeks. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, I've been filming the whole time, and, uh, you know, the, the, the pregnancy for my girlfriend was quite hard towards the end, and, you know, so you worry about all that, and now he's, now he's out, you just, you know, I'm, I'm not getting drunk because I don't want to drop him, if that's that's the simplest <laughs> thing I can say to you. I, you know, and, and, and I, I think... I think you're right in that um, I, I don't, th- you know, this, this may sound weird, but I don't think you're an alcoholic. I, and that's just because what you said, if people have rough patches, they need to, they need a time to unwind. They need, you know, they, sh- they need to blow off steam. They need shit to do. And if you're, if you're telling me that, oh, I, I, I got to duck out in between scenes so I can go have a shot. Okay. Well then maybe yeah. you got a problem. But if it's like, oh no, yeah. you know, I'm really too busy. I'm not really, I'm I'm not really itching to drink. I'm not getting the shakes. <laughs> then you know, you're, yeah, yeah. then you're fine. Well, by, it's one of those things. By the statistics, I was an alcoholic. It's when they say, "Do you drink over this many things at all? If you drink, do you drink to get drunk." I'm like, you know, I was doing the land, but uh, not being on the road helps as well. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm nervous now about. I've just started getting up around LA doing sets again, and for me. Uh, I haven't done stand-up now in, in months, since August. Yeah. And uh, I'm a little rusty, you know, and because I've just brought out fully functional, it, it, it's like when I go back on the road, I'm going to have a new hour up and uh And your tour kicks off, what, in February, right? February. I, I've got a good 40 workout now. I've been going down the clubs on 10, 15 every, every night for the last few weeks, and uh, there was some stuff that I was trying on the end of the last tour. That, that I'm working up, and uh, there's a lot of stuff that we edited out. We were fully functional was about an hour and 15 minutes long, and we edited out 15 minutes. So, you know, I've got enough stuff now, but it's not a uh, cohesive, uh, solid hour yet. Yeah. All the jokes are there, but it doesn't seem to flow quite yet, and uh, that's what I get, got to get working on. But it'll be ready by uh, the end of January. That's, that's my main focus now. I've just got one more episode to film here. And then it's back to stand-up, man. I think people are worrying that me with a kid and all that type of stuff, I'm not going to be as good as I was, or, <laughs> which I think is silly. I had someone, had someone text me the other day, um, tweeted me the other day and say, since you've had a kid, you're not funny anymore, right? <laughs> now, first of all, I was never funny on Twitter. I never really <laughs> was very good at that medium. But So this guy's basically telling me I'm not funny, but, uh, but I haven't produced a product in six weeks. Yeah. So what that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're just assuming I'm not funny. 
<laughs> give, give me a chance here. Yeah, okay. you got to wait to actually do something. Yeah, right. Unless it was one of my friends who wrote it, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and let me let me ask you, you know, talking about that, um, you know, being a father and and what's one thing about becoming a father that nobody tells you about? Um, how easy it is. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you why I say that. Go ahead. Right? And I'm I'm not at the stage where I have to be a good parent. All I gotta do is keep the thing fucking clean <laughs> and make sure its neck doesn't break and you know make sure it's sleeping on its back and all that type of stuff, right? Sure. People rejoice in telling you that when you, your girlfriend's Jew or your wife's Jew or whatever, and they, they went up to her as well, people seem to fucking rejoice in going, oh, you'll never be able to sleep. She's all about sleeping. Your whole life's going to change. Oh, don't expect to be. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no. I know exactly what you mean. I was terrified, right? <laughs> and, and then, and then, you know what? It's way easier than being a drunk or a coke addict. It is so much easier. It's like, oh, right, I'm waking up. I'm just tired. I haven't got a dry mouth and I haven't got a headache. I'm just tired. That's, that's right? a good, that's a good so way to look. It's a great way to look at it. People should be going up to coke addicts saying, you don't know how depressed you're going to get in the morning. Oh, I don't envy you. Right? <laughs> And I'm like, I like pick this little thing up and, and it's crying and I pick it up and jostle it around a bit and then it smiles at me and I'm like, fuck it, this is great. I don't start, I don't start crying and want to call an ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> right, hangovers don't go away that quickly. That's great. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, you won't believe it. Oh, wait till the baby comes. Oh, yeah. No, I just, I recently got married and I got the exact same speech. Oh, you're never going to be able to get the, get a word in edgewise. Oh, wait till you're married. And then, yeah, it, it couldn't have been an easier process. It, it, I, I, yeah. I don't understand. It's like, wow, you, you've obviously did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just keep the thing fucking clean. Yep. Support its head. All right. There you go. Try to wash your hands around this. You know, it's the little things. Yeah, exactly. Does it look more like you or, or your girl? It it, um, it it could be my twin. Really? Be he looks he looks just like you. He looks just like me. Yeah. Wow. Um, much to the dismay of my girlfriend. <laughs> she, she, she was. I would be making jokes the whole week before I was born about it. This thing comes out black or Asian. Don't expect me to be. You know, I was doing all that. And then. And then when it came out, I was like, oh, that's my baby. Yeah, nearly right it, away. It, it, it lifts one eyebrow, it wrinkles its forehead, it has uh, the same color hair as me, and the same hairline, and the same fucking, he's got no chin, he's just like me. <laughs> Were you able to be there for the delivery? Yeah, 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 I was in the room, yeah. Oh, cool. that's, that's excellent. Well, how was that? Was that, did, did you, do you kind of look at your girl a little bit differently now, or were, were you able to stay no, behind that, you know, wall? Yeah, yeah, because of, uh, the baby was the wrong way around. Oh, really? We didn't have an option in the matter. Yeah. And uh, so she, part of thing about that is a needle in the spine. Oof. And, and then and then after that, she's not going to wake with you talking to you as calm as calm. <laughs> and then the, the baby comes out. All right, man. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to let you go. I know, you're, I know you're real busy. But, hey, I appreciate it. I just want to uh, make sure that everybody gets the, get, you get the plug out there. January 17th. 
And uh, and and your tour starts uh, February first in Atlanta at Variety Playhouse, um, and you're uh, pretty much going all over the place, going to the you know the big yeah, and fifty uh, percent of that tour is already sold. Oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's all out in the first uh, sort of week it went on sale. So tell me, we'll get a ticket. Very, very good. Get your tickets now. Um, all right, man. Thank you very much for uh, for coming on, and uh, good luck with the show. I know it's going to do great. Thanks, brother. Thanks. All right, see ya. So there you have it. Jim Jeffries' new show starts January 17th on FX. Check your local listings or go to fxnetworks.com and check out the show page. Also go to Jim Jeffries' website and you can find out the tour dates and whether or not he's coming around near you. Begins February 1st in Atlanta. So that's about it. We'll be back next week with another Last Spin podcast. Appreciate it, guys, and we'll see you later.